The pre-med path can be super confusing. If you'd love some help on your path or on your applications, use the promo code PMY for pre-med years, PMY over at medicalschoolhq.net and get some help from some of our experts, former directors of admissions, admissions officers, other experts. We have a small team ready to help you today. Again, that's promo code PMY to get a discount on our services at medicalschoolhq.net. The Pre-Med Year, session number 496. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to have Hunter on from Blueprint MCAT. Hunter is a tutor. He is a live online instructor, and he is my co-host today on our Instagram Live. We've got lots of great questions about MCAT prep, lots of great questions about post-bac SMP work for non-treads, and so much more. Before we jump in, though, I do want to talk about the MCAT Minute brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. As we're recording this, and this is being published, it is August. August is, uh uh-oh, the January MCAT is only August, September, October, November, December, January, five months away. (laughs) Five months away, the alarm bells are going off. Remember, there is no February dates. There are no February dates. For some reason, the AMC doesn't do February MCAT testing. Historically, that may change. We don't know. Uh, Stay tuned for September, October, when MCAT dates are released for next year. But as you are thinking about your MCAT prep in August, it, it's time to start looking. Go check out blueprintmcat.com to see what amazing resources they have to offer to help you prepare. And I would start with one of their free accounts where you get access to their study planner tool so that you can see what these five months may look like. Again, go to blueprintmcat.com. Instagram Live. Hello, it is Friday, August 5th, and I'm going to be joined by Blueprint MCAT, the wonderful hunter, I believe. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, If you are new here, Fridays is Q&A day where uh, you come on, you ask your questions. Hello, Ricky. Hello, Suzanne. Prince Anasim, Asim. Hello, hello, hello. Um, and look who's here already. Joining the club. We get a blueprint in the house. So you don't get just one person to ask questions to. You get two. Although, are you a person or half a person? What should we count you as? Um, I don't know. Maybe like half a person, half a lizard. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> What's, there used to be that that show, uh, V, I think. Is that the name of the show? Where it was like lizard people, aliens. Um, yeah. I remember the dinosaur show back in the 90s. You remember that? Like the sitcom? <laughs> uh, yes. With like the egghead people. <laughs> yeah, gotta love me because I'm a baby. Come on, man. <laughs> Yes, yes. Blast from the past here. Yes, that was a terrible, terrible show. 
Look how fancy I am. I'm a tripod today. Ooh. Fancy, fancy. I, I, I thought that was some wine you had. I'm like, it's a little early for that, isn't it? But hey, Oh whatever. my gosh, no. It's eight in the morning, man. You you get me up this early. I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> um, well, Hunter, I am glad to have you. Hunter from Blueprint MCAT. You are one of the marvelous uh, Blueprint tutors and live online instructors and just all around good guy. Um, oh, Ryan, stop it. What's in your coffee today? You're never this nice to me. <laughs> I, I don't drink coffee. I, I'm just high on life, my friends. High on life. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. Um, for everyone watching, we are here to answer questions. Um, so Hunter obviously is an MCAT expert, doesn't really know much about anything else. So don't don't try to expand his horizon because he's very close-minded. Um, <laughs> and then me, like, ask me anything. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm an open box. Um, so how we play here is you request to come on live with us. We'll bring you on live. We'll answer some questions we'll have a chat um and we'll we'll have some fun nelson likes your beard thanks nelson i like your uh thumbnail <laughs> yes um all How's right doing this fine friday morning we're gonna bring on suzanne who uh is preparing to start medical school um, Suzanne has a, an amazing story as a Syrian refugee coming to the States and finally getting her acceptance to medical school. <laughs> yes, I actually just want to come on here and say thank you for everything. I remember uh, on one of the Fridays back in April, I came on here and you were on live with Blueprint as well. And I was asking about the weightless movement aspects, and here I am a few months later. I got accepted. I'm starting next week. That's amazing. That's amazing. Have Have you moved already? You all settled yet? Uh, not. Oh, no. I'm moving <laughs> next week, week of orientation. Okay. All right. So just just making it happen. Obviously, yeah. you're, you got your acceptance, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? I got it July 12th. July 12th. Okay. So, so three ish. Yeah. yeah. So what happens, right? For, for everyone watching <laughs> this, um, hoping to get their acceptance, hopefully they have a little bit more lead time. Uh, but you get your acceptance and it's like, Hey, we'll see you in five weeks or so. Right. Um, yeah. what, what preparation goes into those, those four or five weeks to, to actually get started? It's been crazy. <laughs> Uh, let alone, I got my acceptance while, while I was overseas. I was in Egypt when I got a call. And I wasn't planning to come back to the state until July 28, until last week. So I started looking for housing while I was there. I asked my brother to get the housing stuff situated for me. And then I was like, reached out to schools like, hey, there's no way I can get the TB test or background check. Like, I am out of state. Like, I'm not coming back until the 28th. And they worked with me on that aspect, especially considering, like, being accepted that late in the game. And mm -hmm. I'll say it wasn't the last one who was accepted on the wait list last, like, last minute. There's some people who got accepted last week, which is yeah. crazy to think about, to have, like, only two weeks to get everything together. Yeah. Uh, and it's try, try one day. I, I've heard like, hey, orientation starts tomorrow. You can come if you want. Time to move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I was, I orientation for me started next Thursday, so August 11th. So I had exactly one month to get everything settled. Yeah. So I came back uh, 
the next day I had an appointment for TB test, blood work, background check, fingerprinted, and all of that. And then we have, uh, they asked us to do city training modules for research. We have a lot of reading requirements, paperwork is just all over the place. But yeah. I'm not so so it's it's, all good. <laughs> it's really like a pseudo start date because you're basically already in it. Yeah. I mean, one of the assignments we have is to read an entire book, which is almost 400 pages. <laughs> what book? You got a week. Good luck. Uh, yeah, it's the high performance uh, habits. So I was like audible listening to it double speed five hours it's done that's that's actually interesting that i i I like that they're going with like self-help kind of like hey start working on your habits because you you'll need them to get through this i love it yeah especially their curriculum is a flipped classroom modality okay and we need that kind of help to get ready yeah uh, for the classes but yeah it's crazy to think about it like I the day I got accepted it was exactly one year since I submitted my first secondary. Wow. I submitted my first secondary July 12, twenty twenty one. I got accepted July 12, twenty twenty two. And it is just crazy to think about it. It's more than a year process. It is. Yeah. So hey, anyone who's out there waiting, be patient. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. good things come to those who wait. Oh man, that's that's crazy. Well, it it happened. Uh you did it. Hopefully yeah, you'll never have you to do it again. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Being podcast, YouTube, everything. I listen to every single episode of the Pre-Med Years podcast. All 400 plus, I don't know how many. 495 now we have. It's ridiculous. All Closing in on 500. November will be 10 years of the Pre-Med Years. It's crazy. Woo! Crazy, and crazy. I've been listening since 2016, which is crazy yeah. too for me. Starting college. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm glad to play a small part in your journey, uh, and I'm excited to continue to check in with you and and follow yeah. everything that you do um, on on your journey. What uh, do you have any idea of uh, kind of future practice? Not really, to be honest. I do have a lot of interest. Uh, one of the biggest one for me is preventive medicine. That mm-hmm. what got me to medicine to begin with, uh, as well as cardiology. And OBGYN is in the background too, so who knows? I'm all over the place. All of it. Good. Keep options open, you know. Exactly. Don't even decide now. You've got time. It's too early. It's too early. Yeah. A I lot. haven't even started, but I mean, and <laughs> uh, one week next Friday exactly is my white coat ceremony, which is also another. Uh, they start us with white coat and then orientation, which is really nice. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, good luck. I look forward to seeing Thank all you. the white coat pictures uh, on on your feed. And uh, yeah, thanks thanks for coming on and, and yeah, sharing the and, celebration with us. Yeah, and thank you for everything. You're welcome. Bye. I have Bye. a lot of uh, I have a lot of my tutoring students that are testing either this week, last week, or next week, and um, that's always my favorite. Like a month after, when you get like the emails back, they're like, "Oh my gosh, I got my goal score!" So like, I imagine that's your version, which is, "Oh my gosh, I got into school." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. Just all the random DMs and, and stuff, emails. Hello, good morning. Hi, good morning. Um, so I have Hello, a few new questions. friends. Hi. <laughs> um, so I'm a little, I'm right around the time frame that I should be starting to study for the MCAT. And I'm a little lost on how to self-study if I don't have two of my last prereqs. So I was wondering if Ooh. you have some. Yeah, no. So that's really, really tough. Um, a Which lot two? of MCAT prep. 
Which yeah, two? Yeah, which two actually? Biochem one and physics two. Ooh, biochem. Physics two, we don't those care Those are going to be... <laughs> Those are going to be, yeah, physics two, not so much. Physics one, and I'm glad you have that on your belt. Um, it's going to be tricky. I'm not going to lie. So a lot of the MCAT prep materials that you're going to be, like, exposed to, whether they're from the AMC or from, like, third parties like us or anything else, um, they kind of come into the, like, with the assumption that you have a little bit of background. If you don't, that's totally okay. It's not impossible. Like, literally, I have had tutoring students that were, like, art history majors before. So, like, it's not impossible by any means. Um, it's just going to be a little tougher, and you might have to spend a little bit extra time in, like, the content, right? Normally, I tell people, like, hey, the one of the big mistakes a lot of students make is, like, I'm going to sit down and focus on content for, like, three months, and, like, that's what I'm doing. Um, normally I push back against that really hard. Like practice is the main thing that you should be focusing on with like a little bit of content, like, you know, book reading or like review modules here or there. Um, if we don't have that intro level, like that foundation of biochem, you're going to probably have to spend a little bit of extra time on it. Um, I will say our modules are fantastic. Uh, I, we do really, really good, like kind of like good introductions and like walkthroughs for the things that you're going to need for the MCAT. Um, because the things that you need for the MCAT in biochem are different from the things that you need for your undergraduate biochem. Um, for instance, my biochem midterm was a blank sheet of paper with a whole bunch of arrows going in a circle. And my teacher was like, all right, fill in the, the Krebs cycle. Go. <laughs> um, you don't need all of that for the MCAT. You just need some of it. So, um, yeah, I would definitely recommend kind of like taking a mixed approach, like go and, and find like what are the most high yield topics in biochem and like kind of cover those for yourself. If you do have any like underlying confusion, like I just don't understand this topic for sure. Do a deep dive and like really investigate and like teach yourself the, the deep material. But for a lot of the stuff in biochem, it's like it's like surface level things, you know, like, all right, what does pyruvate do? How do you feed into the, the electron transport chain? Why is oxygen the final electron acceptor? Things like that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I would say. Spend a little bit extra time on your content more than I would normally recommend if you don't have those those background prereqs. Um, but don't like live in a textbook like that is the trap that a lot of students fall for. Make sure you're doing your practice, too. OK. Okay. Um, I have another question, if that's okay. I have another answer. That's totally fine. Um, so it's kind of stemming off of that. I was trying to plan for January MCAT. So I don't, you don't recommend that, right? Because I will be a full-time student in the fall. Um, so this is always a good question is like, when should I take the MCAT? Um, and Ryan has heard me say this multiple times, probably gonna roll my roll his eyes, because I give like the worst non-answer. It's when you're ready, honestly. So um if you're planning on taking it in January, that's not too impossible, honestly, like, because it's a good, um, what is it? It's the beginning of August. So that's five-ish months away. The average prep period is between like four and six. So that's like a little bit closer to the six month period, which is fine, especially because you do have to teach yourself a little bit of that biochem stuff. Um, yeah, I don't think that's a bad idea. Like if you start kind of now and you're, even if you are like a full-time student, I was a non-traditional, I was working full-time Monday through Friday, nine to five every day. Right. Um, it's going to be tough, but like, if you kind of, if you build out your plan, your schedule and give yourself a proper amount of time and like are realistic, like, Hey, I basically have to teach myself biochem from scratch. Let's build in an extra month. So instead of doing like a four month plan, we're on a five month plan. So that's not too bad. Um, the real thing that you're going to have to do with yourself is kind of in that last month around like November, December, when you're taking a lot of practice full lengths, if you're not near where your goal score is, then all right, I'm not ready. Let's push it back to, you know, maybe March or April or something like that. So that's that's one thing that I do want a lot of pre-meds to be 
a little bit more okay with and accepting of is like flexibility with timelines. Like don't force a, a square peg in a round hole and take it when you're not ready. It's just going to do a lot of like undue stress and then your score might not be what you want. So yeah, I mean, gap years aren't that bad. I had a gap year. It was, it was a ton of fun. Actually, my gap year turned into a gap three, four years because I was having way <laughs> too much fun at the science center. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's really what I would recommend. Make sure that you're very much aware that you have to spend a little bit of extra time teaching yourself the content, give yourself some extra time to prep, and maybe be okay with the thought of, hey, I'm going to aim for January, but if I'm not ready by like November, December, maybe those, you know, March, April dates. And those are way like, those are plenty fine if you're trying to, you know, get your application in before May and June. So yeah, you're totally fine there. Okay. And I'm a little lost also as to prep. Do people usually prep with their undergrad books? Like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Ryan's eyes bulged. (laughs) Too much. Too much. (laughs) Yeah. So the reason, one of the things that I always say is that the MCAT is a mile wide, but it's only like an inch deep, right? So like literally it's like, it's basically four years of undergraduate science crammed into one eight hour test but you don't have to go as deep as your undergraduate professors will ask you to. Um, that's You're going to hear these buzzwords all around, especially if you're just getting into the world of MCAT prep of like, what's high yield? What's low yield? That basically means like, it, what's worth it for me to spend my time on? And like, what's the most efficient way for me to prep? Um, undergraduate books are going to be really, really low yield stuff. Like they're going to go into a lot of detail that the MCAT isn't going to ask of you. So it's it's not a, it, you know, you'll, you'll still learn stuff, but it's just like really inefficient ways to do it. Um, I mean, obviously, like, work for Blueprint. Blueprint's pretty great. Like, the books are fantastic. Um, our, our classes really just focus on, like, here's what you need to know for the test. Um, I <laughs> tell a lot of my students, kind of jokingly, but um, I'm the worst tutor in the world because, like, I don't want you... I, like, if you leave my sessions and you're like, I didn't learn anything, but I got a perfect score on the MCAT, that's fine for me. Like, I'm teaching you how to pass the test, not, like, everything there is to know about chemistry because... Honestly, that's that's not the efficient way to go about prepping for this exam. So that's a really good question, actually. Yeah, I'm glad that glad you asked and didn't just dive first into those textbooks. <laughs> Thank you. Um, thank you so much for your answers. I do have a question for Dr. Gray, if that's okay. I no, suppose. Okay. <laughs> I suppose. Um, it's about these. Um, when I do scribing, I also do interpreting um, at the same time. Yep. So I was learning together. Um, do you put it together? So it's, it's a hard one, right? Cause they're both, I'm assuming you're being paid for it. Um, it's volunteer. Um, so the, the fact that when you're scribing and you're interpreting at the same time, like there's really no separation of, of, of work there. It's all just happening at the same time. I often talk about separating the the one that I always mention is is uh, clinical research coordinator, um, and that one is just more familiar to me because I I have a, a child who's in clinical research, um, who's a, a participant, a a um, <laughs> a person in re, uh, being researched on, um, and so I interact a lot with clinical research coordinators, and I see their job where they're interacting with us. We go to the hospital. We're hanging out with them. We're doing this thing and then they sit and they do nothing and they wait and they wait and they wait and they're hanging out waiting for the doctor watching what the doctor's doing so i always talk about splitting that into the job and shadowing um because you're scribing and interpreting kind of simultaneously i probably would just in the experience name you could put scribe and interpreter 
you could do that. I probably wouldn't separate them as two activities um, and just label it as clinical experience because they are both clinical experience. So that's that's good. Um, and then just talk about both of them or talk about one of them and just, just quickly mention I also interpreted uh, during this activity. Okay. The, the fun thing and the stressful thing about the activity section is um, there are no rules for the most part. So you can you can kind of format and do whatever you want as long as it makes sense and it's logical. Okay, thank you. It's like a resume, you know, like you 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 put like yeah, sure, I was a a, a waiter or waitress at this restaurant, but really what I was doing is learning like customer service skills, managerial duties. I was learning how to allocate my time properly. So you know, you're not you're not you're not just a scribe. You're doing all these other things in your in your activities. Um, yeah. Awesome. Great questions. Great <laughs> questions. Two thumbs up. All right, we're bringing, yeah. bringing Ryan on. I think Ryan is trying to uh, to one up Adidayo, who's a a regular here on IG Live. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Doctor Gray. How's it going? It's been, yeah. it's been a little bit. How are you? Nice to meet you. Likewise. How are you doing, Ryan? Ryan. Doing Ryan. Well. Ryan. Thank Ryan. you for asking. Yes, I know. Plenty of Ryan's here. Um, so I don't have any MCAT questions. I'm kind of past that phase, but uh, some great answers you were giving. Um, Dr. I'll make it quick for you. I just have one question on secondaries real quick. You know, that's where I'm at right now. Um, so obviously with, you know, some of these schools, they have like some kind of open-ended prompts. Um, and they may ask like more than one question within the prompt. Like tell us about what you bring diversity or like about your challenges, something like that. Um, would you recommend that I try and answer one of them really well? Or I try and like make sure my answer is comprehensive and addressing like multiple parts of the question because I feel like with limited characters and as you know trying to speak with experiences and stuff mm -hmm. like that's kind of difficult to it, answer all of it. Yeah, my my answer to this is always I have no idea because mm -hmm. I I don't see the specific prompt in front of me. Sure. Those prompts are so nuanced that you just mm -hmm. you have to make sure you're answering the question appropriately so sure. if it is a prompt where it clearly is hey answer one of these then answer yeah. one of them don't just go i'm gonna ignore what you said and i'm gonna answer all of them and you're gonna think i'm amazing because i answered all of them yeah, they, of they will get pissed at that they're like why sure. are you doing this you're not you're not paying attention and if 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 i were in charge of the admissions committee um <laughs> Um, if I were in charge of the admissions committee, uh, I, I would literally instruct everyone who's reviewing these applications to go, if they did not follow the prompt to a T, just mm -hmm. throw it away. Okay. All right. Is that what the maniacal laugh was? You imagining yourself <laughs> at the head of an admissions committee? Cause yeah. oh man, good luck to everybody. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. this guy spent like a week writing the secondary, get it out. We don't want it. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, I think that answers my question. Um, I kind of thought of one more. Some schools have like an optional, like any like academic disruption essay from like COVID. If I don't like have an answer that wouldn't be just generic, like, yeah, online classes were difficult. Is it is that okay to like leave that one blank and say NA? I don't want to like victim call myself if it's not like real. You know what I mean? Again, it, it very much depends on what the question is. Um, okay. if, if it is very specifically like, how have you negatively been impacted and, and you haven't? And if it says, hey, you can leave this blank, go for it. My general recommendation is 
none of those are are optional. Yeah. Okay. So All right. they, there, there's, there's a 0% chance that your life wasn't affected by COVID. Now, yeah, th- that, that doesn't that mean everyone around you were dropping dead from COVID, right? <laughs> that, that, it no, doesn't yeah. have to get that extreme. Everyone goes to the extremes of like, well, I'm still breathing and, and everyone around me is breathing. And it's like, <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it could be even like little things. Like I um. I got my dog right before COVID and like, essentially it's a pandemic pup. So I, so like she's really timid around other people and other dogs. Cause the socialization in the first year or so like, just didn't happen. Cause we were all locked in. So like, that's just like a random tangential thing that like affected the dog. It's probably going to be a little bit more difficult for you, but like, yeah, just like little examples like that, like something definitely got affected. Yeah, no, it's, I'm kind of speaking like if there's a specific prompt that's just relevant to like academic disruptions from COVID. Not like experiences mm-hmm. or like, like I, I have an answer for like the general COVID like that. I definitely have an answer for that. Yeah. Um, it's more like there are specific prompts are just like, well, how did, we're like did you not have, did you not have academic disruptions because you weren't in school anymore? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I just had, I had to transition to online classes. That's an um, academic disruption. Okay. So right. well, I guess- talk about that. And what was that process like for you? And how did you adapt? Right. Learning those things about you are exactly what they want to learn. Okay. Not. Sure. Um, my academic disruption was I switched to online and I failed all my classes, right? Again, mm-hmm. everyone goes to the extremes of, well, if I didn't fail all my classes, then I have nothing to write about. Okay. Context. It's the journey, right? Like upward trends, yeah. right, Ryan? Like it's always upward trends. So it's, like the it's overcoming context. of the challenge. Yeah. I, I love to think about everything now in terms of context. And that's something new I've been talking about maybe the last six months or a year is a lot of this stuff is just give me context so that I can look through your application with that context in mind. Just because you transitioned, like everyone else in this world slash country, transitioned to online courses, just because you didn't fail, didn't mean you didn't have a process where you were able to figure out how to be successful. And so I can look at your A's and one B minus or whatever it is for your online semester or two, and have context like, well, I remember Ryan talked about X, Y, and Z and, and how he was able to make this transition uh, flawlessly. And that gives me context to understand potentially if you are a student in my school and we have to go back to online for some godforsaken reason, um, that you are potentially going to make that transition well because you've done it once before and you told me how you did it. It's all context. Got it. I mean, worst case scenario, you can you can tell about the trials and tribulations of online classes that aren't taught by me because, like, really, I'm the only one that can do online classes. Well, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 Ryan's over here, like, just rolling his eyes so hard the axial tilt of the earth kind of just went off. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, George okay. Mata thinks you're a real cutie. Yeah, that's my that's one of my close friends. Yeah, <laughs> probably do some good reading some of your books too. You should you should uh, sell to him. Okay, awesome. Um, well, thank you so much, Doctor Guy. It was also very nice meeting you, Blueprint Rep Hunter day, guys. Hunter Dude so <laughs> Hunter Hunter so Dude much. Man Blueprint Guy. Later, Ryan. Hunter Dude uh, Blueprint Dude. Okay, with Hunter Dude Hunter Dude and Winston Dog. <laughs> Hello, Winston. 
<laughs> Winston was like, mm. <laughs> starstruck. I'm not camera ready. I'm not camera ready. <laughs> I don't have my foundation on. As I'm looking, I'm like very shiny this morning. I need my, my powder. Oh, well. I know, right? I saw a good uh, question in the chat. How do I overcome a hard plateau around the 490s? Um, mm. So here's what I'm going to Here's what I'm going to say. Two things. Number one, um, plateaus are caused by two reasons, content gaps, and we're not addressing them. Or two, um, we're not properly reviewing. Like we're not learning from our mistakes. That is the number one thing. Review your full lengths, review the work that you do, understand why you're making the mistakes. It's not just, oh, dumb little errors or, oh, I can't believe I missed that. Or, oh, come on, really AMC? It's that. That's a dumb answer. Like there's reasons why everything is a correct answer. And we need to start like recognizing those patterns. So please resist the urge to just like, be flipping and blow off an answer and go like, all right, whatever, I guess. Like, no, no, really like understand why we miss it. And like, what are we going to do to not miss that again? That's how we break past those plateaus is by like doing new things. Cause what you're doing now is capped. You know, we hit our ceiling. Let's try something new. Yeah. Oh, the plateau. All right. Let's uh, get some more people on. Again, if hey, you want, I'll let you handle that. Yeah. If you want to come on and ask some questions, just uh, request to come live with us. Hi, did it work? It worked. Hello, friend. Hi, I've never done a live before. Now you have. <laughs> You're crushing it. <laughs> we are your first. Huh? Yes, yes. <laughs> What's up? Um, so I am, I guess, I'm like hesitant to call myself a career changer because I haven't really had a career. I've just kind of been doing Bumming different <laughs> jobs, yep. kind of floating around. Okay. Um, but I'm trying to plan my do-it-yourself post-back. Um, I need both the prerequisites because I haven't really done any of them. Um, but I also need some pretty significant, like, GPA, like, transcript repair. Um, so I I'm trying to figure out, like, how many classes at a time I should be planning for. Um, uh, like, how many credits, I guess, to take at a time to prove that I've got that academic capability and show an upward trend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would probably say as many as you can handle without doing poorly in the classes, because like that upward trend is the most important part. Right. So if you're like going to be going back to do some GPA repair and if we get like a bad grade in one of those classes, that's going to not reflect well. Right. Like that's the most it's like it's like retaking the MCAT right now, basically. Right. Like retaking it, it's fine as long as you show improvement. Like if you retake it and you do worse, then it's like what happened? So that that's probably without knowing and more specifics about like your your schedule your timelines or like life or anything like that like do as much as you can without overloading yourself so that like your your grades that we're trying to make like be pristine and awesome start to suffer um that's like the most important thing because if we're going back and trying to do repair and then we get like some poor grades again then it's just instead of showing that upward trend that we're always talking about it's showing consistency at a level we're not hoping to show consistency right yeah. What would you say, Ryan? Uh, yeah. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it, I, I hate to go here, but it's really hard to know without seeing everything that you have uh, currently and yeah. what you need help with. Like, if your undergraduate GPA is fine, then just go get the prereqs and continue to do fine. Uh, go take the MCAT and, and get in. If you have a poor undergrad GPA and you need to really show that academic ability, then it's going to, we have to figure out, do you need 20 credits, 30 credits, 40 credits um, yeah. of, of as high as, uh, as close to a 4.0 as possible to, to help you get there? 
Yeah, I just like I started college strong and then I kind of got stuck in a multi-year long like domestic abuse situation that um, was really challenging. And I just didn't have the maturity or like the clarity to say, hey, I shouldn't just keep trying to like scrape together enough classes to graduate. I should pull pull back and and come try this again later. And so I graduated, but it it was... um, it's just a mess. These, yeah. The last few years on my transcript. Okay. Um, yeah. And that kind of growth and like realization right there just by itself is pretty powerful. Um, like honestly, um, the, the average age of matriculation has been going up year after year after year. And I think it's just because like, yeah, like when we all first get out of our undergraduate, like, I don't know. I'm, I mean, look at me. I'm like waxing poetic cause I've got a couple gray hairs now, but like, you know, I look back at myself right after I graduated and like, I was still a kid, you know, like I had no idea what I was doing or like what was going on in the world. And like, I think, you know, a lot of people like applicants are recognizing that too. Like, Hey, I want some actual like life experience first. And I think schools are starting to pick up on that too. Like, Hey, maybe we want some people that are a little bit more, you know, stable. And like you said, like have aged a little bit and like, you know, grown and have experiences. So yeah, I mean, as long as we can show, like we said, those upward trends in our GPA, as long as we can crush those prerequisites and then crush the MCAT and show like, look, I'm more than capable of doing this, this academia type stuff. Um, then, yeah, I mean, all of that, like, it sounds like you've already got the, the, the makings for a great personal statement, you know, like, you know, overcoming trials, tribulations type of thing. And uh, yeah, let's just show that upward momentum type thing. Okay, great. Thank you. Good luck. Ooh, no problem. Thanks. Winston believes in you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Winston's Sorry, like, Dad, I told you. It's like, put me down. I refuse to be, <laughs> refuse to be your puppet for cuteness. <laughs> I only do TikTok. <laughs> and YouTube commercials. And YouTube. There you go. Uh, all right. Let's get some more fun. Uh, if you want to come on and ask a question, just click on that request to join live button. That's how we roll. Hello, Hello Hey, Hunter. How are you doing? Fantastic. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. So this is actually, once again, my first live here. Um, nice. And I'm actually the one who asked a question about the MCAT plateau. Um, so I tried a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, I took like 15 practice exams, at least, if not more. But I'm always plateauing in the 490s. Um, I took the MCAT three times. Most likely, I'll have to take it a fourth time, uh, probably next cycle. And um, I was just wondering, like, what's the best way to get over that plateau? Let me let me ask you a couple probing questions. Um, okay. The first time we took the MCAT, what did we do to prep? So uh, the first time I took it, it was in 2020. Um, that was the shorted version due to COVID. Um, I just used the Kaplan books, and um, it was 485. That was my score. Okay. Second time we took the MCAT, how did we prep? It was Marge. I actually used the asynchronous course uh, with Blueprint, and I thought it helped me fill a lot of the gaps. I really enjoyed the videos um, and the flashcards, um, but it was only about four points of improvement. On the practice exams for Blueprint, I was in the four upper 90s, like 496, 497, 498, and I was like, okay, like maybe on exam day, I can actually like, break through that. Um, but it was, it was only like three to four points improvement. Um, and then I try to go for a third time. Um, I just, I try to have a study group with some of my friends who were taking it 
and it was the exact same score uh, for the third time. Um, so yeah, uh, it was uh, it was it was frustrating, but I was like, okay, there's obviously something that needs to be fixed here because I'm hitting that plateau, and I just gotta figure out a way to like overcome that. Yeah, and so all right, so here's what I'm here's here's again like this is this is take this all with a grain of salt because hey, what up? I just met you sixty seconds ago, but um, I you know I've just seen a lot of students, and this is this is what I'm willing to diagnose, right? Um, if you've done 15 practice exams, which is a lot of practice exams, um, normally I say like, hey, eight to 10. And like, that's pushing it for a lot of my students. Um, six to eight is like the normal recommendation. But like, if you've done that much practice and we've been studying this much and we're not seeing the improvement, um, let me ask you one more question. After we take our full length exams, what do we do? So usually done for the day. Uh, but then the next day I review it, I would say like the only section I probably don't review from the exams or very lightly review is the cars section. Uh, but for the rest of the sections, uh, I usually try to review them within the week. Is it, um, okay. So what I'm willing to bet is that it's not a content issue. If we've had this much exposure to questions and, and like science and stuff like that. Just because, like, by process of, like, osmosis, like, you will absorb a lot of this stuff if you are reviewing your exams and you're going through them and you're answering these kinds of questions. Um, and, like, when you're doing your own review of these exams, does it seem like it's a critical thinking thing? Like, it's we have trouble attaching the science to the passage and then going that extra step that the MCAT wants us. So it's, uh, like, most of the times I feel like I do miss stuff that I'm aware that they are there. Like, especially with the passages, like, a lot of... A lot of times I'll see myself like highlighting specific parts and I'm like, like that was the answer right there. Like you literally have it highlighted, dude, like what was going on. Um, but these, the, the, like, it's very common for me to see those. Like whenever I'm reviewing uh, questions after I'll find myself highlighting the specific part in the passage about it and then still missing it on the question. So I would say just the critical thinking part um, definitely need to, um, like build some strategies i feel like um yeah because for the content i was i was i was a pre-med uh i picked up a master's i'm finishing a master's right now and um i did a few mock interviews and got really positive feedback except on my mcat score um so that's kind of like the big the big hurdle in the way that i'm trying to overcome right now yeah, man, especially, I mean, you're getting your master's and stuff like that. I'm willing to bet, like, if I just was would ask you, like, hey, how many ATP is generated after one round of, like, all, or after one round of, you know, the, the citric acid cycle or something like that, or the electron transport chain, or you could probably, like, rattle off facts for me. It's the tying it to the passage and then applying it. That sounds like that's kind of our, like, Achilles heel. Um, mm -hmm. Two things that I always recommend for that. Number one is just do practice passages, right? Like that is your number one thing is like, I need to practice applying this stuff to passages. Um, and number two is, and this is, this is going to sound like it's just like, you know, tune my own horn or something, but like have somebody that can like sit there with you and walk you through like, oh, no, no. So we were thinking this way, but really like notice this, this, and this, they wanted you to think that way instead. A lot of the times, like, it's not that I don't know my science or I don't know the right answer. It's the, the way that the AMC asks questions or like writes answers is so obtuse and like opaque and hard to interpret. That's the challenge, right? It's just clearing the smoke and mirrors and like learning to gamify the tests and like what the heck, like how does the AMC even talk? Nobody likes the way that the AMC talks. Our brains don't, definitely not. Um, 
So yeah, yeah, that's what I would probably recommend. And like when you're reviewing your exams, every single question on every single section, even cars, but like you need to go through every explanation and sit there and like, I don't leave a question until I actually understand and like believe that the right answer is the right answer. And when I say believe, especially in cars, this is where it happens the most. We're like, you get a question wrong and you look at the explanation, the answers, and you're like, I pick C, it's B, whatever, that's dumb. I guess it was B. Oh, fine, that one thing in the passage, whatever, moving on, right? And like, you don't believe that that is the right answer. Like, even though it shows you, hey, you got it wrong, this is right. Like, we haven't convinced ourselves. We need to convince ourselves because that's how we can start to get in the head of like the way that the AMC expects us to answer these questions. Um, I would love to hang out with you and go through some passages and just like show you all these things. Um, yeah, I, my, my, my catchphrase is like, you know, make my lizard brain understand yeah. it. My, my primordial midbrain that doesn't have any higher, you know, functioning. I, I should be able to understand it like we're using that and nothing else. And a lot of times you can like, hey, what's paragraph three telling us? Well, the author said he doesn't like this thing. That's good enough for a lot of the questions, especially like the opinion based questions. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to find like patterns and like gamify the exam. Like it's a standardized test. There's only so many ways that they can ask questions. They can't just like pull brand new stuff out of a hat, right? So like see the patterns, recognize the trends and like try to turn it into a game, like predict what the questions are going to be before you even look at the questions, um, especially in cars. Like that's a really powerful tool. If you're reading an experimental by Winston, if you're reading an experimental passage, that's all about like amino acids and one paragraph mentions, oh yeah, the hydrophobic amino acids are the ones that can permeate skin. You best believe there's going to be a question about like, which of the following can permeate the skin, right? And it's going to be the hydrophobic right. one. So like train yourself to find those testable details. They're buddy, come on. They're leaving you clues. It's his birthday. He got this for his birthday. It's his birthday, Bunny. It's very sweet. Um, but yeah, train yourself to find the clues. Like everyone gives the AMC a lot of stuff, a lot of flack. And I catch a lot of heat for saying this in my classes, but like the AMC throws us a lot of bones in the on the test. We just need to train ourselves to like detect the clues. That's that's really like the main gamifying the test. Um, and it's actually kind of fun once you start to get good at it. You're like, oh, look, oh, you did this. I know what you're going to do next. You're going to ask me this question. Oh, is this a rate law? Like table? You're definitely going to ask me about like the rate. Oh, you just told me about the enthalpy? Where's Gibbs? Hit me with the Gibbs question, you know? So um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I would, I would recommend. I really like to try to change my mindset and away from like, oh, I'm missing so many answers to like, Ooh, thank you for showing me how I got these wrong. Like, I'm going to address it and I'm not going to miss it again. So awesome. Gotcha. Let me, so let me ask some, some general questions. Yeah. How, how strong is your undergraduate GPA? So my undergrad was, uh, my science was 3.2, uh, or actually 3.0, my apologies. Okay. Um, and then when I applied the first time, um, since my MCAT was low as well, I ended up doing a master's. Um, my master's, I'm keeping a perfect GPA here. Um, so it did. And what's the master's in? Biological sciences. Okay. So um, why do you think you struggled in undergrad? So I moved to the States here in, uh, 2012. Okay. Um, English wasn't my first language. So that was kind of the biggest, the Bingo. biggest part, uh, for yep. me. But, um, I feel like I did a really good job, um, explaining that in my personal statement and, uh, in my trends as well. I mean, first semester was like a two five and then it just, it was an upward trend from there. Okay. Um, un- until OCAM hit at some point, but then after <laughs> that, we, we kept the, we yeah. kept the journey going up. Yeah. Did you, did you take the SAT or ACT? Um, 
I did take the ACT. And how'd you uh, do that? The highest was like 24 that I got. Is that good or bad? I don't know. Uh, like percentile my, range, do you know? Uh, I'm not sure, but in uh, I live in Alabama. Um, so I think the average here was around 27, 28. I won't say um, anything. All of Alabama will be mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I'm never> uh, <laughs> my ACT wasn't too hot. Um, yeah. yeah. So 24, yeah, I'm trying to look here. Um, okay. So basically what it comes down to, I mean, the fact that your ESL immediately puts you at a disadvantage for the stupid MCAT. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I hate the MCAT is they haven't figured out how to make the test uh, more uh, accommodating for ESL students. They, they I mean, just, honestly, even people where English is their first language, a lot of times reading the the way the AMC correct. writes things is like ah. correct. But there's yeah. there's so much out there that where. ESL students struggle with we just we just know historically like we can if the AAMC wanted to work around some of those things right removing idioms from from passages and from uh, how we write our questions and answers things that like you, you only know certain phrases certain certain word structures if you're from the states or from even specific parts of the states Right there, yeah, there. Yeah. We have our own little subcultures everywhere, um, right. and and it makes it hard to to do well on the MCAT when you're sitting there doubting your ability to understand what's going on because you're like, I don't know what that means, like that whole phrase, that whole sentence, and that just that hangs students up so much, and it just wastes so much brain power that that it's just setting you up for failure, um, which I think is what's happening with you. You, you yeah. probably have a good understanding of the science. You probably have a good understanding of critical thinking and all this other stuff, but but you're probably getting in your head a lot with the MCAT, especially having taken it, what, three times now? Um, yeah, three, three official times. Three official uh, times where you are putting so much pressure on yourself at this point where again, you're setting yourself up for failure, not for success, because you're like, this is the time I have to do it. I have, and, and so a lot of this is going to come down, I think, um, to some woo woo stuff, some, some just like meditation and, and, uh, good, um, stress relief and anxiety relief around doing well on the MCAT and, and checking in with yourself as you sit down for the first time to go, go take the next one, making sure like, okay, like this isn't make or break. I obviously want to do well. I'm going to go one question at a time. If, if I think I did pour on that, that past section, um, uh, or past passage, I'm just going to forget it and, and just move forward. Uh, I'm not going to get in my head about how I'm a slow reader. I'm not going to get in my head about how English is my my second language. I'm not going to get in. So so just being able to let a lot of that stuff go will help. Gotcha. I have a homework assignment for you. Um, okay. I want you to take a car's passage. Um one that like you read through and you're like, I don't know what they're saying. Like this, like just comprehending this passage is difficult and like turn off your timer, spend 25 minutes on that and like dissect every sentence until you understand what the entire passage is telling you. And like, when I say dissect, I mean like, okay, this sentence, it can be philosophy, which like who the heck knows how these people like, like to write, right. They're getting paid by the word, but like 
what's the noun of this sentence? What's the verb? What's the adjectives? What this pronoun here, it says like it, what is it referring to, right? Like point back to it in the previous sentence or the previous paragraph, be as explicit with that as possible. And like, it's going to feel like you're pulling teeth, right? But like at this point, especially because of the, the second language business, like cars is a skill. So like, Imagine you're learning how to play the violin, right? Like you're going to be real bad in the beginning and like you're going to learn how to play Mary Had a Little Lamb and you're going to have to go one note at a time. Like, you know, it's going to be awful. But like, that's what we have to do. Eventually you're going to do it enough and you're going to dissect these sentences enough that like these complex, confusing, like really opaque sentences are going to start to like become transparent. You're going to start to get used to like identifying like, what the heck are they even trying to tell me here? Um, Because a lot of the times that's, that's the hard part in cars is like, what are you even saying? So, um, yeah, do some untimed practice. Take the pressure off of yourself, like what Ryan was saying, and like just spend 30 minutes dissecting every sentence in one of these passages. And like once you really get it, go, all right, cool. Like now I just need to see if I can do that 30 seconds faster next time, 30 seconds faster next time. And before you know it, you're going to be doing cars passages in like, you know, the nine and a half minutes that we're aiming for. Got you. So that's your homework. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. Do you, do you, you listen to the, the MCAT tutor going to pop up and not assign a homework? Come on. Yes. Do you listen to the MCAT podcast? I do actually. Okay. I do. And uh, I do have the, the pre-med books and okay. Yeah. A, a buddy of mine actually uh, got me uh, onto your podcast like two years Smart ago. Smart buddy. Uh, it's probably your yeah, best he, friend in I the world. He actually jumped in the <laughs> chat here at some point. Uh, but yeah, we start we start watching it uh, back in 2020 when we were um, seniors applying and okay. um, got, got all the tips and tricks from there. Okay. All right. Good luck. Sweet. Thank you so much, Dr. Ryan. Thank yeah. you, Hunter. Bye. Yeah, have a good one. Don't give up. You got this. Woo! Snuck it in right at the right at the last second. Everyone loves a good woo. Everyone, everyone. There, there was a fun TikTok. They, they were asking around, like, what is what is a uh, nephrologist treat? And nobody got it right. It was, they were asking everyone, what is the nephrologist treat? What is a nephrologist treat? And then finally, the last the last uh, woman was like, kidneys. And then they're like, yeah. And she walked around. She goes, pre med, woo. <laughs> It's the best. It's the best. Anyway, hello there. Hello, friend. Do you like woos as well? Woo. <laughs> yes. Good morning. Uh, wow, I haven't been on live before, so this is really cool. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to be a postback student starting in September for the first time. I'll be doing my prereqs and going on this journey, long journey this fall. Yay! Um, and I graduate. I have a bachelor's of arts back in 2011. So I haven't been in school in over a decade. So I'm really nervous. I have these butterflies. I'm like, I don't know how to navigate like my first year. Like I'm probably going to take it easy, like a class or two just to see how I do, how I like science even. And yeah, so I'm just like really nervous. So I don't know like how to get my ducks aligned and how to really, what kind of mentality I should have obviously besides studying. Um, oh yeah. If you guys, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say, um, even besides like, as far as the mentality aspect, uh, cause it sounds like this is kind of like where we're jumping off the, the high dive into the world of science. Right. Have we not like explored that before? No, I think honestly, my last science class was back in high school. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, welcome. Uh, science is super rad, number one. Uh, number two, um, if anyone thinks that science isn't the coolest class, then you just had bad teachers because it's absolutely rad. Um, 
So I would probably say more than like having the mindset of like, I need to study a lot is like, have the mindset of like, I just want to come open-minded and like comprehend and understand everything. That was one of the big mistakes that I made in my like first couple of years of doing my undergraduate science was I would approach my classes and like try to transcribe every single thing that was said. And like, I sacrificed my understanding and my comprehension because I thought I had to be literally like a courtroom stenographer or something like that. When like, Really, if you just kind of sit and you think about what your professors are saying and you're like engaged and really, really listening more than like note taking, um, that's what helped me out the most. Because I found like when I was writing something down, I wasn't paying attention to what was currently being said and I would miss stuff, et cetera, et cetera. And that real talk is like, that's also what I recommend for my tutor, like my tutoring students. I always preach comprehension, like concepts over content. Don't just sit and memorize formulas understand the formulas more than anything. Like, what are they trying to show me? How does this formula connect to this formula? Oh, this dude Bernoulli, what did he do? He just divided like kinetic energy by like, you know, volume in order to make it fluid dynamics. He didn't do really much. And like, if you kind of know these things, A, it makes it a little bit more fun because, you know, now me and Bernoulli have this contentious relationship because whatever, it's, it, all he did was put everything over V. That's not that cool. But like, I remember the formulas and I, I, I like, it just kind of helps your brain like wrap your, itself around this kind of stuff. Right. Are you shaking your head at my, 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 my throwing shade at Bernoulli? <laughs> I can, I can just picture you sitting in a, like a old however old Bernoulli is that sixteen hundreds whatever seventeen hundreds like just sitting in a pub somewhere arguing with him. Oh yeah, it's like wait, so you just put it all over volume? What the heck? <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I that that's what I would preach. If this is your first four way foray into like the world of science and everything, like conceptual understanding is so important, especially if you plan on going to med school and taking the MCAT, like more the MCAT, there's a really big difference between what undergraduate exams are like in science and what the MCAT is like. Undergraduate exams is like, hey, do you know this fact, A, B, C, D? And you're like, yes, I know this fact. Awesome. And I've studied this chapter for the past two weeks because this is the chapter we're studying. And next week, it will be a different fact. Um, the MCAT goes, all right, so you know those facts, right? Yes, you do. We broke it. What happens in the liver? And you're like, oh, okay, hold on a second. And like, you have to really apply all these things. And if you just have stuff memorized, that's going to be really, really challenging. But if you like understand how everything plays together and how like all the different systems that you're going to be learning about interact with each other and you can zoom out and like get the big picture type stuff, um, that's really what's going to be like success on the MCAT, success in the medical field and success in your academic career too. Um, you are in actually such a good position because we can sit here and tell you, hey, when you memorize the things in your undergraduate, don't immediately dump it from your brain because you're going to use it for the MCAT. So like, hold on to everything that you learn. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting. The, the thing that you talked about, n- number one, uh, I, I didn't know Bernoulli actually has a medical degree. Um, and I, I was right. It was the 1700s. And he lived he, nice. lived, he lived until uh, he was 82 years old. Um, it's actually a well-known uh, myth out there that people in the 1700s, 1600s, whatever, like didn't live long, right? Because the, the average age is low. But that's just because infant death and childhood death were so prevalent from all these diseases. But if you made it through that period, you lived a regular, healthy, like 80-year-old life. Um, so anyway, it's a ran- random tidbit of information there. Um, uh, but, but what you were saying, right, talking about your stenographer, 
the thing that I that, like my mind jumped to was the um, the idea that uh, with our cell phones nowadays, everyone is taking out their cell phone to to record what's in front of them. And we have data that shows that in the process of doing that, you are much less likely to remember the event, right? As as a memory, as as something uh, worthwhile to you because you're sitting there making sure everything's in frame and oh my God, did I get it right? And blah, blah, blah. And so that's that's a, a key point that that Hunter, you made is, is like, just just slow down, take it in, record it if you want or whatever the situation is. Um, uh, if, if you have note takers that are part of the class or whatever, um, you have access to it later, but yeah, I, I like that. Darn burn newly. Thanks. You're, You're in a, yeah. cause I, I used to just take notes all the time back in high school. I never paid attention, just took notes, but it was pointless. Like, cause I didn't remember anything. Hmm. <laughs> hey, all right. I'm glad I'm not just spewing hot air here. <laughs> Not this time. Yeah. Not this time. No, no, no. Every once in a while, a broken clock is right twice a day, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Good question. Thank you. Good luck. It's going to be fun. Welcome. Yay, science. <laughs> uh, Hunter, tell our friends where they can hang out with you more. Y'all, you can hang out with me anywhere Blueprint. So blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. You can check out our free student accounts. So Blueprint's got a lot of really, really awesome things, y'all. Um, we have a study planner, which one of the mo- main things I get asked is, Hunter, what what should I be doing on a day-to-day basis? Y'all go check out Blueprint's website. We On our free account, y'all can download it. It's just email, password, that's it. Um, and then you answer like a quick little quiz like, hey, when are you taking your test? How many hours per week can you study, et cetera, et cetera. And it literally builds you a plan like Monday, do this. Tuesday, do this. Thursday, Wednesday, do this, right? Friday is your off day. Take a break. Saturday, take a full length. Um, so that can build you your plan if that's one of the things that are stressing you out. Like, what should I be doing? Um, other than that, yeah, I do webinars all the time for Blueprint. So you can hang out with us there. Those are free as well. I also teach our live online classes, which are a really, really good time. Um I mean, you know, it's just like this, except I get to nerd out about a lot of science. Um, and then I also do private tutoring. So if anybody wants to do some private tutoring with me, heck yeah, hit up Blueprint Prep um, and they can they can help you out. Um, awesome. It's a good time. It's a good time. And sometimes you can catch me and Ryan live at like some conferences. So, yay. <laughs> yes, yes. Speaking of conferences, mappedcon.com. Go there or be square, um, as as the cool kids used to say. The uh, the conference <laughs> is mappedcon.com, free online conference. I mean, I'm typing in the chat here, 916. Um, Mappedcon 2023 will be in person. Uh, I'm super excited for that. So. Mappedcon! Mappedcon! I like it. I like it. All right, Hunter. What a good way to start. As always. I got to uh, go. I got a tutoring time. student right now, actually. I got to go teach someone. Go teach. Jose, I'm sorry I'm late. <laughs> uh, thank you, Bye, everyone, everyone, for hanging Thanks out. Thanks for hanging out, Ryan. This yes. was super fun, man. You're always, the best. Always is fun. Take care. All right. There you have it. Again, Hunter from Blueprint MCAT joining me on Instagram Live. If you haven't checked out my TikTok yet, what are you waiting for? Go check it out. TikTok, you don't stop, as Rosie says on TikTok. Hope you have a great week. Don't forget to check out Blue blueprintmcat.com. I'll see you next time.
This is MedEd Media.